deal with flour, sugar, uh, a lot of cereal grains and spices, uh, agricultural feeds, as, as well as many more. So many of the ingredients in the food industry are hygroscopic, uh, meaning that they'll grab onto the moisture out of the air if it's uh, present in that airstream. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Clean Air, where we find out more about how clean air can affect the quality process for you and the workplace. I'm your host, Jacob Stewart, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing dust collection within the food processing industry. And with me today is Canfield APC's Tyler Lacey. So how are you doing today, Tyler? I'm doing well, Jacob. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. So if you don't care, Tyler, can you tell us a little bit just about who you are and what you do here at Canfield? Sure. Um, eight years ago, I started with Canfield right out of college and uh, kind of worked my way through some different uh, sales roles throughout the, the Northeast and uh, middle area of the country. And then now I'm the regional manager for Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio. And uh, is food processing your like main area of expertise here at Canfield? Uh, I run into it quite a bit. I wouldn't say it's my main. We have a a lot of different processes we run into out there, but I'm pretty pretty familiar with it. So if it's okay with you, we'll just go ahead and get right into the questions. Sure. So first off, what type of processes create dust in the food industry? There's really three main types uh, that we'd look at. The first is handling of ingredients. Uh, that's going from the mixing different dry ingredients, bulk transport and unloading, pneumatically conveying those ingredients and then unloading into the silos where they're coming in from bulk trucks into the silos themselves. Uh, another area is ingredient preparation that covers anywhere from the mixing of the, the bulk ingredients, milling, cutting and grinding, blending those ingredients. And then finally you have your packaging, which is, you know, you're putting it in the boxes, you're filling bags with ingredients and uh, all, all three of those really can be your main dust generating. Right. What would you say are some of the most common types of dust within the food processing industry? Uh, just to name a few, we deal with flour, sugar, uh, a lot of cereal grains and spices, cornstarch, uh, powdered chocolates, dry dairy products, uh, agricultural feeds, as, as well as many more. I guess to kind of build off of that, are there any specific areas in the food industry that create more dust, like I guess types of food? like your grains and your meats and stuff like uh, that yeah definitely in the dry side of things as far as uh there's companies out there making different mixes for like cakes and breads uh we're using lots of flours and sugars versus not so much on the uh you know meat or wet side of a uh, unless they're adding powders into a liquid to to make a drink right so those areas do produce dust just maybe a lot less so than like the the dry area correct correct right okay and is dust collection approached any differently when you're dealing with you know sugars and other kinds of sticky dusts that get produced within a factory like that so many of the ingredients in the food industry are hygroscopic uh, meaning that they'll grab onto the moisture out of the air if it's uh, present in that airstream so when we design a dust collection system for these types of products, we have to account for the moisture in the process, as well as what the humidity of the airstream is 
just to make sure it's not too high and that dust is going to start caking up. Some different facilities have wet washdown processes. Uh, need to know about those before we can design a system. That way we can try to either prevent the water from going back into the dust collector or design a system to handle that water. Uh, when these types of challenges are faced, uh, we typically use a spun bottom type media. It usually has pretty good release efficiency and it also can be washed down and reused. Just kind of elaborate for some people who may not know what that is can you can you explain a little bit more on what a spun bond type of filter is as well as what a good uh, release efficiency means yeah sure so a uh, spun bond type media typically in a, a cartridge collector a lot of times we'll use a, a paper cellulose based type cartridge and a, a spun bond is a polyester type media uh, it's a lot more durable uh, stronger and also can withstand that moisture versus a, a paper cartridge it's going to suck in uh, moisture as well uh, and then as far as the release efficiency it's just going to let that dust uh, come off that filter uh, versus caking up on it or sticking to it when the cleaning system's working so are there any dangers associated with the dust in the food processing industry yeah there's a there's a few that i'll go over here there's you know your potential for cross-contamination you know whether that's an allergen issue where you might have certain areas of your plant uh, that handle peanut or soy or different areas where you could have, you know, potential for an allergy cross contamination. Occupational exposure, there's certain limits set forth for how much dust is allowed being in the air and uh, a worker can breathe over amount of time. That can create lung issues, you know, skin issues such as dermatitis, things like that. And then also uh, combustible dust uh, from the ingredients that you're handling. So to kind of build off of the uh, the dangers that could be associated with dust in a food processing facility, um, you mentioned a lot of the health risks that come along with that. Uh, what are some of the most common ones that come from dust in a facility such as that? Uh, sometimes when you're seeing dust over the exposure limits that isn't being contained, uh, sometimes the employees in the facility could have uh, skin issues. Um, a lot of the dust landing on their skin. Uh, creates dermatitis or just you know itching or itching in different spots under your uh, the open skin areas that you have lung issues uh, from asthma you know a worst case scenario lung cancer can be caused by you know certain ingredients they get out in the airstream and this is a question i ask end up asking a lot of people but would you say that some of the health dangers that come from dust can also affect workers' mental health and like having a clean facility can maybe boost mental health for quite sure. a bit. It's just, it's just something, you know, you're not have to sit through a haze or, you know, ha constantly having to blow your nose or clear your throat because there's dust in it, tickling the back of your throat. Make mm -hmm. for a much better day with a cleaner plant. Right. So what can be done to keep the dust under control in a facility like that? Uh, there's a few things. Uh, one of the biggest things is the source capturing the dust where you're having different pickup points along locations where that dust is being created, where you would be able to transfer the dust from where it's being created to a dust collector. Uh, that way it's not going out into the air. Another way is properly cleaning up spills. Say, you know, knock a big pile of dust on the ground. Uh, some people might try to take a broom or air wand and that that'll stir up that dust into the air. Whereas if you used a vacuum or a, uh, a central house vacuum, you'd be able to sweep that up and then not create an airborne disturbance with the dust. So how can we make sure our dust collector is in compliance with 
current regulatory guidelines? There's a few bodies we look at. You know, NFPA or the National Fire Protection Agency, they create some standards and guidelines, uh, and those are usually enforced through OSHA uh, because NFPA doesn't actually go out and regulate these things. And a few related to the food industry, uh, NFPA 652, it's a standard of fundamentals of combustible dust, which kind of guides us on creating uh, a dust hazard analysis and leads us to industry-specific guidelines, such as like NFPA 651, which is a standard of prevention of fires and dust explosions in agricultural and food, uh, which kind of, you know, set certain standards for the food industry. Two other standards we look at is NFPA 68, which is a standard on uh, the explosion protection by venting, and 69, which is explosion prevention systems. And those all tie back into your dust collector and the design of it. So this is something that we've actually covered in some previous episodes, but can you explain a little bit more about what a dust hazard analysis is? Sure. Yeah, it's a, really it's a survey of the processes where you're looking for hazards that may be present. Uh, in this case, we're focused on combustible food dust and the dust collection system. Uh, it's really just stepping back and looking looking at the big pictures, you know, looking to see if the dust is combustible, how's the dust generated, are there any ignition sources around, and how you can handle that. So I guess to kind of build off of that, at what points do you think a dust hazard analysis would be most helpful in a processing facility like that? Really with NFPA 652, anytime you're handling a dust that may be combustible, it's best to do a dust hazard analysis that way you go through and identify all your uh, your hazards that could be there okay so what are some of the different ways to protect the dust collector on a combustible food dust no uh, there's really two methods to go about it uh, you have af- active and passive uh, whereas an active system has uh, you know an electronical sensor or something along those lines that's going to detect an explosion and activate a system to keep that from either moving down the process line or from actually having a deflagration take place. And then passive methods, which is using a mechanical device, such as like an isolation valve that's going to use the pressure wave to close it or a explosion vent that uses the pressure to open it. The main two things you got to take care of is looking at the collector itself with the, um, you know, suppression is going to stop a explosion from occurring in the collector and then venting, which is going to take that explosion and safely release it out of the collector into a safe location. And then also isolation uh, that's going to keep the deflagration from going back downstream uh, to the process equipment. But it's also going to uh, take care of the clean air side if you're bringing that air back into the facility. So what kinds of food dusts would you say are most likely to be explosive so almost all organic food dust have the potential to be combustible Uh, it really comes down to how big that particle size is uh, of the particular ingredient that's why when we're starting a project it's always important to go through that dha that we talked about earlier uh, the dust hazard analysis and really have that dust tested so we know the characteristics of it Uh, things like flour sugar dust milk powder peanut dust spices corn starches other kind of starches can be combustible so Let's say that the, just to list off a a scenario, um, let's say the process is too far from the outside wall to put a dust collector outdoors. What would somebody's options be in that situation? 
So if the process is in the middle of the facility or it's not possible to get to an outside wall, there's a few routes that can be taken. Uh, one is an active system with chemical suppression and isolation. Uh, that's going to use a sensor to detect when there's a rise in pressure inside the dust collector, and then a chemical agent is going to be released to prevent the deflagration from expanding. Another option is, is a flameless vent as well uh, with a passive or active isolation device on the inlet and outlet. A flameless vent is basically a, a device that allows the vent to open, removes the fuel before it reaches the outside airstream, so there's no fireball coming out of the dust collector. But when using those, there still needs to be some calculations to make sure that the pressure coming out of there can still be handled in that room. Okay, so say somebody's been doing things a certain way for a long time, like a period of 20 years, why would they want to make a change in how they do things in their facility? A few things, you know, I mean, NFPA really doesn't have a grandfather clause where it allows, uh, you know, if you've been doing certain ways, you have to still follow those NFPA regulations. You don't get a get a pass on them. Back in 2008, Imperial Sugar had uh, a bunch of small issues uh, that led up to a large catastrophic explosion that resulted in 14 deaths and over 40 injuries where they'd been doing things the same way and never really looking at the big picture to protect themselves. I read something the other day where I actually saw that food products make up for a little bit over 44% of the combustible dust fires and explosions. And that might be somebody that's thought they haven't had an issue. And then the next day, unfortunately they did. So there are a lot of industries out there where dust collection is, you know, vital and important in your opinion, what makes clean air and dust collection so important to have in the food processing industry? You know, I mean, it's a safety thing for the workers, whether it's being safe from combustible dust or just having to breathe that air in while you're doing that work. Um, and then also, you know, it, it prevents all that cross contamination where, you know, unfortunately could have an allergy issue that occurs out of that. And so how would you say that the current pandemic has affected the, the industry overall? A lot, a lot of the food industry has, uh, you know, seen an increase in demand for their products. So a lot of expansions, uh, people are looking also at the air that's inside the facility to make sure it's safe for their employees to cut down on, uh, working on cutting down on spreading the virus um, and, and dust collection is one way to keep the air clean in the facility. Do you think it's changed anything in how we, uh, like the process that we, we've we already been use, using for dust collection, has it changed any of that? Or I would say not really. Um, mm -hmm. It's just it's just brought a, uh, a focus on keeping, keeping things clean, and a lot of the workers are bringing that to people's attention now, too. All right, well, thank you, Tyler. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about this and other topics, simply follow the links in the show notes, which you'll find in the description of this podcast. They include links, contact details, and anything else you might need to get more information. This podcast was produced by Canfil, the world leader in the production and development of air filters and clean air solutions. And you can find out more at canfil.com. Be sure to join us for our next episode, and be sure to subscribe to get notifications for future episodes. Until then, I'm your host, Jacob Stewart, and this has been Let's Talk Clean Air. Thank you for listening.